Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, isn't it? I'm going to take your attention to Acts chapter 16. I'm going to start at verse 13 and read to verse 22. I'll give you a second to get there. I just want to thank God for being the head of my life. I've lived on both sides of the fence. And there is no better side than this side. There is no better way to go. There is no better help. When, when in times of trouble, he is our help. Verse 13 reads, And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down. And spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved. The Amplified Version of the Bible says that Paul became sorely annoyed and worn out, which can easily be translated to Paul became sick and tired. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. I want to take a few moments to speak to you on this thought. How tired are you? Pastor, would you pray over the word?
You may be seated. How tired are you? Growing up, I was always accused of being my grandma's favorite. I, I don't know where they'd get that idea, right, D? <laughs> yeah. But I was always accused of being her favorite. Maybe because no matter what I did, if I could just get to grandma's bed, before you got to me, you wasn't allowed to touch me. <laughs> Sister Peg chased me to grandma's bed quite a few times. But looking back now, I realized that as a young boy, I may have had a little bit of a smart mouth on me. And even though I was the favorite, it didn't always save me. Sister Peg got me a few times. <laughs> Being a favorite didn't always save me, not even with my grandma. I remember many times of me smarting off, and her saying, I'm about tired of your smart mouth. Many times telling me I'm about tired of it. But one day, standing in the living room of our house, I smarted off one more time. And as I began to say whatever it was I was about to say, she spoke the words, I'm tired of your smart mouth. She went from about tired to sick and tired real fast. And as she became sick and tired, her hand struck me upside the head. I fell to the ground, and she began to kick me across the living room floor. <clears throat> and my, grand, my grandpa yelled, stop it, John, you're going to kill him. And thank God for once in her life, she listened to what he had to say. But I tell you that story to tell you that people that are about tired sit back and don't do anything about what they're about tired of. People that are about tired continue to be overtaken by what they're about tired of. People that are about tired continue to get ran over by what they're about tired of. But people that are sick and tired stand up and they do something about it. And I ask you tonight, what kind of tired are you? How tired are you tonight? Are you tired of the devil telling you you're not worthy? Are you tired of the devil telling you you're never going to get to where you're going. You'll never be what you're supposed to be. I've come to preach to the devil's main objective tonight, and that's you. You are the focus of his attacks. He's not focused on the world. He's already got the world. His main focus is the church. His main focus is the body. Come on, somebody. Your family is his main objective. Your marriage isn't around his target. Your marriage is his target. He wants nothing more than the destruction of your children. He wants nothing more than the destruction of your marriage. He wants nothing more than to destroy your salvation. And I come to tell you tonight, it's time to graduate from being about tired to getting sick and tired of it. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of the devil trying to steal my worship. I'm tired of the devil trying to steal my joy. I'm tired of him telling me I'm not worthy. Come on, somebody. Are you tired of him telling you your children will never serve God? Are you tired of him telling you that you're never going to make it? Are you tired of him telling you that you're going to fail? I know you're tired because you're here tonight. But the question isn't if you're tired. It's how tired are you? 
I wish somebody would let him know tonight exactly what kind of tired you are. Because he's not going to slow down. He's not going to stop coming. He's never going to give up. I heard someone say, the difference between the devil and most Christians is the devil will never stop trying. You can knock him down, but he'll keep getting back up. He's going to keep coming. And he's going to come when you think you're untouchable. He's going to come right after a spiritual high. His objective is to get you back down to your lowest low. Here in the scripture, Paul and Silas were joined by Timothy and Luke. They're on a mission to strengthen the church. As they continue on their mission to strengthen the church, the Bible says they come to Philippi. And this is where they baptize Lydia and her entire household. As we see, momentum is building. Their ministry is proven to be effective. Lives are being changed because they're enduring in spiritual things. And to add to their spiritual endeavors, the Bible says after all of this, they were headed to pray. Luke writes in verse 16, as we went to pray, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. When you're enduring in spiritual things, you'll reap spiritual benefits, but there will always come some kind of opposition with it. Anytime something spiritual happens in your life, you can expect opposition to follow it. The moment you decide you and your family are going to be faithful to the church, something's going to happen to make you miss the next service. As soon as you decide to be faithful paying your tithes, something's going to attack your finances. As soon as you're ready to take your next step toward your calling, somebody's going to offend you. But I've come to tell somebody tonight, if you'll just get tired of the devil's attacks, tired people remain faithful to the church. Tired people remain faithful to the body. Tired people remain faithful to this altar. Come on, somebody, you got to be tired enough to lead some people to this altar. You got to be tired enough to lead people to the water. You got to be tired enough to want to start a Bible study. I know you're tired because you're here, but how tired are you? I'm talking to some people that's, that's fallen down a couple times. Are you tired enough to get back up? Are you tired enough to dance again? Are you tired enough to run again? Come on, somebody. Are you tired enough to preach again? Are you tired enough to worship again? I know you're tired tonight, but the question is, how tired are you? Verse 16 says that this woman that's following Paul is possessed with the spirit of divination. And it says she brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. These people that the Bible calls her masters were profiting from her pain. It says she's possessed with the spirit of divination. To be possessed means to have control of. She was being controlled by the spirit, but she was also being controlled by the people around her. She wasn't only bound by the spirit, she was also bound by the people around her. I come to tell somebody tonight, if you're bound by the addiction, you're also bound by the supplier. Come on, somebody, if you're bound by the gossip, you're also bound by your gossip partner. If you're bound by unfaithfulness, You're also bound by unfaithful people. 
Come on, somebody. You can't only be tired of the gossip. You got to get tired of the gossip, partner. You can't only be tired of being unfaithful. You got to get tired of unfaithful people. You got to remove them from your life. Come on, somebody. When I got tired of the alcohol, I had to stop hanging out with the alcoholics. When I got tired of the bar hopping, I had to get tired of the bar hoppers. I come to tell somebody tonight, you're double bound and you need a double deliverance. You need a deliverance from the spirit, but you also need a deliverance from the people. But in order to get your deliverance, you got to become tired tonight. And the question is, how tired are you? This spirit of divination, the word divination means to pretend or to foretell future events. In verse 17, this woman spoke truthful words. She spoke words of worship. These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. That sounds good, don't it? She spoke words of truth. She spoke what she thought Paul wanted to hear. But we all know that the devil is a pretender. He wants you to feel like you got victory on Sunday as long as you come right back to him on Monday. Come on, somebody. He'll worship with you on Sunday. He'll run with you on Sunday. He'll dance with you on Sunday. He'll jump with you on Sunday as long as you come right back to him on Monday. But I'm preaching to people tonight that's tired of his pretending. I know you're tired enough to run on Sunday, but are you tired enough to run on Monday too? I know you're tired enough to worship on Tuesday, but are you tired enough to worship on Wednesday too? I know you're tired because you're here on Tuesday, but will you still be tired tomorrow when you're not surrounded by the people of God? Will you still be tired tomorrow when you're not surrounded by worship? Will you still be tired tomorrow when you're not surrounded by praise? I know you're tired, but how tired are you? Luke 3.16 says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. Acts 2 verse 3 says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. John said... He that come after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And in Acts chapter 2, at the birth of the church, that fire showed up. The church is built and birthed by fire. I heard a man say, if you want to find the true church, look for the fire. But I want to tell you tonight, if you want to find somebody that's tired of the devil, look by the fire. If you want to find a tired worshiper, look by the fire. If you want to find a tired praiser, look by the fire. Because tired people contribute to the fire. Come on, somebody. I said tired people contribute to the fire. 
I said, if you want to find a contributor, look by the fire. If you want to find somebody that's working for the church, look by the fire. If you're looking for somebody that ain't going to complain, look by the fire because you don't complain about what you're contributing to. Tired people stay by the fire. Acts chapter 28. Paul, he's been in prison. Now he's shipwrecked on the island of Melita. The Bible says they built a fire. Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and was bringing them to the fire. Why Paul was the only one, I don't know. Because Timothy, Luke, and Silas were there, and they had the same Holy Ghost he had. But Paul gathered a bundle of sticks, and he was bringing them to the fire. And the Bible says that out of the heat came a viper, and it latched onto the hand of Paul. The Bible says that Paul, feeling no harm, shook the beast into the fire. You see, the snake didn't bite the ones sitting around the fire. It bit the ones contributing to the fire. Come on, somebody. The devil don't care if you come in here and enjoy the fire. He don't want you contributing to the fire. You say you're tired, but do you have a stick in your hand? You say you're tired, but are you worshiping? You say you're tired, but are you praising? Come on, somebody. You say you're tired, but are you jumping? You say you're tired, but are you dancing? I come to tell you tonight that tired people contribute to the fire. The Bible says the people sitting around the fire were waiting on Paul to swell and die. They said he survived the storm. He survived the shipwreck. But surely he'll die now. But Paul stood there and he shook that snake off. Paul wasn't worried because Paul knew what they didn't know. The sheep are immune to viper venom. You don't believe me? Google it. Sheep are immune to viper venom. It might bite me, but it ain't going to kill me. Brother David, it might bite you, but it ain't going to kill you. Brother Chris, it might bite you, but it ain't going to kill you. Brother Ricky, it might bite you, but it ain't going to kill you. Sheep are immune to viper venom. And I promise you, when you get tired enough, you'll shake it off just like Paul did. That snake will contribute to the fire that you've been building. As the musicians come. The spirit that was possessing this woman in Acts chapter 16. It was called the spirit of divination. The Greek word that's used for divination is a word pythona. To us, it would be the spirit of python. And a python, python unlike the viper that bit Paul, is a non-venomous snake. But it's a patient snake. A python waits for the perfect moment to strike its prey. And it uses the momentum of the strike to wrap around its prey. 
And every time the prey exhales, the python begins to constrict a little bit tighter. And it keeps getting tighter and tighter until it completely cuts off the airflow. But even though the prey stops breathing, the python doesn't let go until it feels the prey's heart stop beating. And I come to tell you tonight that there's a spirit of python waiting for you to mess up. It's waiting for you to slip up. It wants to wrap around you. It wants to wrap around your marriage. It wants to wrap itself around your children. And it's not going to stop until it gets you. It's not going to stop until it completely cuts off your airflow. It's not going to stop until your heart stops beating. But I know somebody in this place tonight is tired of being the prey to the enemy. But how tired are you? Are you only tired enough to ask the pastor to pray for your family? Or are you tired enough to come down here and pray for it yourself? Are you only tired enough to ask the pastor to pray for your marriage? Or are you tired enough to come down here and pray for it yourself? About tired people sit in their seats, but sick and tired people come down here and declare victory over their family. They declare victory over their marriage. They declare victory over their finances. But the question is tonight, how tired are you?